Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. This is the third and only member of Superband Alliance, drummer David Lauser who has not been on the show yet. He joins Robert Berry and Gary Peel as the third and final member of Alliance to talk on the Better Each Day podcast radio show. He is a longtime member of the Sammy Hagar Band. He also plays currently with uh, future guest Greg Kinn and his band. Please welcome David Lauser. And I like how you saved me for last because you're going to get the nitty-gritty from me. We probably <laughs> should be taping this now. We're probably going to lose some good stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm rolling right now. You're rolling right now? Is pot legal in Washington? Oh, yeah, it is. I didn't know that. I'm not a, I'm not a pot smoker. Yeah. That was a stupid joke. joke. Yeah, I know, okay, yeah. I couldn't resist. No, I don't have a bong, <laughs> and uh, I, I know what zigzags are, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 63 yeah. years old, so I remember when it was like having heroin or something, you know, and, and the pot was crappy. It was stems and seeds, and, and it popped when right. you smoked it, and yeah. Right on, man. We're from the same same era. I have friends, or I should say I, I know people when I was in high school that did time. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it was a five-year sentence with uh-huh. good behavior. You got time off yeah. in California. Yeah. I mean, for having a joint, a, a one cigarette mm-hmm. of marijuana, not even like to where you're selling it, just right. possession. Is that oh, yeah. crazy? Yeah, I, say, I could say it was like having a, a heroin cartel or something. Man, these guys got a joint. Let's let's get him. He's going to do time. I don't care about the pedophile that lives next door to him. We're going to get this guy. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh, I've been I've been roused. I've been pulled over a bunch when I was a kid. It was like I grew up in San Bernardino and the sheriff department. They were like hardcore. They were cowboys, you know. And, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean it. I had a friend. In fact, I'll, I'll jump into a real quick story if you yeah. don't mind. Sure, uh, sure. Guy named Eric Fields, a great singer and guitar player. I grew up with him. He was like a year older than me in high school, but I think he flunked, so he was in my class or whatever. He was a real kind of, uh, I guess today they'd say he was on the spectrum or whatever. It's not like he wasn't cool and couldn't communicate and, and perform. But he was a little bit of an oddball. Anyway, he and I, uh, we went to school together, and he is the connection of how I met Sammy Hagar <laughs> years ago when I was 17. Check it out. Now, the story I'm going to tell you is about marijuana, but I want to like back it up by saying Eric and I, well, I'll just tell you the marijuana thing first. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, this is uh, a few years later after Sam and I formed a band when we were kids and all this. He was a little older than me, much older, haha. <laughs> but Eric and I were in my Volkswagen driving down the road in San Bernardino, leaving a rehearsal, feeling kind of good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And there are the lights behind us, and it's the San Bernardino Sheriff, and my heart's just pounding. Because I know, as we say in the old days, Eric was holding. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, get rid of it. Do it, eat it. Yeah. So he's stuck in his mouth. Oh, now, the cop, the sheriff, pulls us over. I had long hair. We probably smelled like pot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, this is 1968. Oh, you're going to jail, young man. Oh, dude. <laughs> so I'm in this beater Volkswagen, my first car, 
and and we get out and i have a tanker jacket on and in my tanker jacket you know uh is a roach clip <laughs> like those little electronic clips you know and this guy has got his flashlight out he's smelling it and he's looking for residue he goes what's this i go oh it's electro- electronics clip he goes oh yeah right electronics clip you know because <laughs> you know it, and you know like whatever i'm a musician so i kind of knew what you used it for anyway but we were using it to you know what oh, sure. so the guy frisks us he searches the car he frisks eric we get back in i'm like whoa damn dude my I, i'm getting nervous telling you this story right now <laughs> and we take off and eric starts laughing and he pulls the joint out of his mouth, and he had it between his teeth and his upper lip. He had a big mustache, so it didn't look like it protruded, <laughs> but this was a big joint. And I'm going, Eric, are you crazy? He goes, hey, man, it was a good weed. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you know. Uh, now, I got to tell you, I'm going to back Sam would probably get pissed off, but I, I call Sammy Sam because when we were younger and we were in bands, he was not Sammy. He became Sammy when he became a solo artist and became a star. Yeah. And that's what his handler was. I get it. But Sam, he, he turned me on to pot. I smoked my first pot with Sammy Agar. So <laughs> uh, I'm not a drug addict or anything, by the way, nor is he. Yeah. In fact, we both don't really like pot that much. But Eric and I, it's a good thing you can edit this, but Eric and I are, are in school. I'm in my first band called Youngblood, and we go to this music store. It was like a watering hole in San Bernardino called Lear's. I used to go in there before I had a drum set and drool. And the guys, they always say, okay, 10 minutes, get out. You know, the store owners. But uh, anyway, Eric comes up to me and says, hey, there's this really, there's a good band in, in the city, older guys that, uh, uh, I Boy, I'm afraid of the vision. I just had a second ago. My fiance just got out of the shower and shut the door, and she was, what can I say, in all her glory. Oh, my God. <laughs> I digress, dude. I'm sorry, Bruce. Oh, no, no. I, if you I, heard that, she'd kill me. Oh, I just wish anyway, we had video I'm on this. On, I'm glad it is. What do you call it? FaceTime? That would have been something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. But Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let me, I'm trying to say this real quick, because this is the origin of it all. I think it's pertinent, and then you can go on with Alliance. But yeah. So Eric says to me, David or Dave, you know, this band, you got to go check it out. Now I was, uh, kind of, I was in my first band for a couple of years and we were just started to wear each other out. We had different members, a lot of change, whatever. We were young. So I decided to check out this band and Eric was the guitar player. That's how he got me in. So I gave notice to my first band, which was really difficult because my best friend was in it. It was like family. It was really when you're young, that stuff is traumatic, you know. It's hard when you're older, let alone when you're 16, you know. Mm-hmm. So I joined the band. I start rehearsing, and they're like in their early 20s, 23, 22. I'm like, damn, these guys, I must have, I'm, I'm big time. I'm, I'm working with a bunch of guys in their 20s, old dudes, old guys, right? yeah. And I'm good, I, I must be good enough, but I wasn't, I was humble, but a little cocky, whatever. <laughs> anyway. We were just a garage band. We called ourselves the Mobile Home Blues Band. But so Eric's <laughs> older brother, yeah, Eric's older brother was named as Barry Fields. And Barry and Sam were best friends. This band had three guitar players, a big giant 
Mexican dude named Jesse Yamas. He was the leader. He was really good. Played really loud. Killed my left ear to this day. <laughs> Another guy, Mike, and then Eric. Well, Eric didn't like sharing the limelight with two other guitar players, and he was really good. So he quit after a week. And Sammy shows up with Barry Fields, Eric's brother, because Barry told Sam, hey, my brother quit this band. They're pretty good. I don't know what, you know, you may want to check them out. Now, Sam was a late bloomer. He's in his, he's 20, 21 years old. He shows up to rehearsal Got on jeans, Jeff Beck chucker boots, a white T-shirt, a double-breasted white uh, pin—not white, but a pinstripe suit, Fu Manchu, and a natural like Eric Clapton, and a roach clip on his collar. And I'm like, this fucking guy is cool. Oh yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I I can see it today. The white T-shirt, the jeans, the chucker boots, like on the Yardbirds cover. This guy, he was styling back then, and, and this was 1968. So I said to the leader of the band after he showed up and schmoozed us, he didn't play, he just watched us. I said, who is this guy? He's kind of cool looking. Is he any good? You know? And, and I remember Jesse, the leader, said he can play and sing guitar. So Sam auditioned the next rehearsal. We played Sunshine of Your Love by the Cream, by Cream. Oh, yeah. And he played the solo note for note. And I was like, this is my man. And ever since then, we were like, best friend it was like he was like my older brother i never had it was awesome so that's how it all began that's that's how sammy and i met we played clubs eventually moved to san francisco to quote unquote make it he met montrose and the rest is history right yeah so uh did you ever play <laughs> did, did you play with montrose no i did not i was in a bar band with sam called the justice brothers and if I can say this about myself quickly, yeah, 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 I was really into fusion, funk, and a little jazz, and I was kind of almost like a snob. And the band was really good. We played rock and blues and R&B. We did a James Brown medley. <laughs> uh, Sam sang it. I have tapes of it. And I, I may one day put them out there. Who knows? Maybe I'll get sued. That's going to be but good. <laughs> we, we did it. We were like in San Francisco in the 70s, and disco music was starting to come in. And if you didn't play dance music, you didn't work. Yeah. So we played, you know, we, we weren't really a hard rock. We were a hard rock band before we went to San Francisco. We were playing original material and everything. But then we, you know, you relent and you want to eat and you want to work. But Sam was writing and really focused on, he wanted to be rock. And, and the guys in the band were really a bit more, how can I say they were pretty savvy musicians and you know Sam and I were probably the most rough cut diamonds as it were mm -hmm. uh, not to say that he did not not ever had talent but these other people were a little older and like slicker they could play a lot of different kind of music and Sam would present his songs I'll never forget he presented Bad Motor Scooter to them and a song called Make It Last off the first and I remember thinking, nah, that's kind of cool. And the other guys are going, yeah, that's kind of weird, whatever. So he, through a mutual friend, heard that Ronnie was quitting Edgar Winter Band. This was after Frankenstein was a big hit. Yeah. And through through a mutual friend, Sam got an audition with Ronnie, and, and, they, and they hooked up. And, you know, at the time, I, I know... For, by, 
I really wasn't ready for any of that. I definitely had no rec- much, not much recording experience, and I definitely was on a different route. It wasn't until like a few years later I got back in the rock, and then me and Sam hooked up, and then I joined this band in the '80s, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, no, I was not in Montrose. But uh, the bass player Bill Church, who was in Montrose, was in the first Hagar lineup when we did all the Geffen stuff. I can't drive 55 and all that standing Hampton. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess it was like half of Montrose was the San Diego band with Gary Peel on guitar, mm-hmm. me and uh, Bill church. And then we had a keyboard player. First it was Fitz who, who was an Alliance, but then Fitz quit and did his own and got night Ranger together. And then, uh, uh, Jesse, a guy named Jesse Harms came in to play keys with Sammy Hagar back in the eighties, you know, the, whatever. I don't know. I digress, but cut me off at any time, Bruce. Yeah. Did you play on the recording of can't drive 55? Yes. Okay. Cause I wanted to feature anything Geffen. Go ahead. Anything Geffen. Any Geffen record that Sammy's on except for a soundtrack for that movie with, uh, Sly Stallone I forget what it was called where he was like the truck driver Danny played on that but I played on uh, all the Geffen stuff with Sam and my first recording with Sammy in 1980 it was like I'm a, kind of a late bloomer but it was uh, the song Heavy Metal for that movie soundtrack and you know that's like a mainstay but that was the very first song we recorded it wasn't an album it was just that one song and then we recorded uh, the the first full album I did with Sammy was Standing Hampton with One Way to Rock and For a Fall in Love Again, all those songs. Heavy Metal was on that too. They put that on there. But uh, yes, no, 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 55. We worked that puppy up.
I got to say, the guy really was focused on what he wanted to be and who he was. And I was just a young guy playing in a bar band, just, you know, finding my way. You know, it wasn't until a few years later that I was in a rock band called Toys and Sam actually produced one of our demos and he could see that I had, you know, uh, how can I say, I sort of went full circle and was like back into rock again. I was playing the LA scene. He saw that I had chops or whatever. We were always friends. I'd call him on the road or he'd call me, bro, I'm out here at Montrose and we're starving, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So... As you know, I had Robert Berry on the show before, and I had Gary Peel on just recently. And uh, yes, I didn't want to break this to you, but uh, they they were talking down about you, so I, I just wanted to know what you had to say about that. Well, I mean, can you be more specific? I mean, were they like jealous or something? Uh, they said that you were too good looking <laughs> to be in the band, and they want to replace you with an electronic drum machine. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> Well, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to defend that, but I will tell you my one joke. Okay. Well, there's many drummer's jokes. I know. Drummer jokes, and here it is. I'm going to ask you a question. What's the difference between a drummer and a drum machine, Bruce? Uh, I don't know, (laughs) David. What is the difference between a drummer and a drum uh, machine? I'm going to tell you right now. Hold on to your seat. Uh, A drum machine, are you ready? Yes. The difference between a drummer and a drum machine is pretty simple. A drum machine will keep perfect time and not hit on your girlfriend. Boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bad, huh? Yeah, I'll add a rim shot uh, on later on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Oh, do you play? I don't play drums, play no. Music, uh, yeah, I'm a guitar player. Play, you play this? Yeah, I sing and play guitar like four billion oh, other okay. people. Yeah, yeah. I actually started when there, there, there really wasn't, it was prior to the Beatles and everything. I was listening to the Kingston Trio and, you know, Oh, whoa. I know. Yeah, man, you, you've you been doing it longer than me then. I go back to uh, the Mickey I, Mouse Club with Jimmy Dodd. That's when I first saw a guitar, and I thought, that looks pretty cool. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cubby. Yeah. Cubby was his first, yeah, yeah Cubby drums. on drums. Yeah, yeah, he played with the Carpenters, <laughs> I think. Cubby O'Brien. There you go. Yeah. Mouseketeer, right, roll well, call, you know, count off this now. This is cool. Darlene, Jimmy. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't start playing, I got... I got my first kit when I was 15, 15th birthday. I was in ninth grade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's another story. I don't want to bore you with all that. But uh, so Robert and Gary were dissing me. I know that's bull. Right <laughs> it's I, entire I, that's bullshit. really jive. <laughs> they love yeah, you. That's, that's I, some BS. I don't think you'd call the band Alliance if you guys didn't get along. No, 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 no. I tell you, I, this band, I will say, I'll jump around a little bit. Uh, you, you hold down the fort, but I will say, <laughs> I've, you know, I've, on, I've been recording and touring with Sammy off and on, you know, on, big time since 1980. What is that? 30, good God, how many years is that? That's, let's do the math. Is that 29 it, years? It's going to be 40 or in 39. a year. 39. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, the point is, it's like, love Sam. We have a great rapport. He, you know, it, it wasn't a, a necessarily a democratic band. It was the Sammy Hedgar band. He's the star. He's the leader. Mm-hmm. But he really gave me leeway creatively. Fifty five. That was my own beat. I came up with all. I mean, you know, we came up with our own parts. The producer didn't spoon feed us. But I'll say this: having said that, Alliance probably gives me more, regardless of what Gary and Robert say. 
they give me more freedom of creativity than I've ever had with any act I've ever played with. You know, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I mean, like I'm, I've actually gotten a couple songs that I wrote on these records. So that's just fun in itself. But Robert is a consummate musician. He plays everything. I get sick of saying this because I know his, I don't want his head getting big, but <laughs> guy's classically trained pianist. Yeah. Plays great guitar. So he's played bass with Keith Emerson and Carl Palmer. Okay, duh, enough said. <laughs> yeah. Plays, plays drums pretty good. I ain't going to give him too much on that, yeah. that punk. Yeah. <laughs> and sings, writes. He's the engineer, produces a lot of acts in the Bay Area, has a studio. I mean, he's a crack engineer. He's really good and makes it a pleasure recording with him. He yeah. gets great sounds. I have to help him a little bit, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then Gary is just just like automatic. You know, it's like Gary was born. He has that innate ability. You play him a song, his solos, he just really... He's just one of those naturals, you know. If he was that good years ago, he, he hasn't really gotten any better. He was just really good thirty years ago, you know. <laughs> Me, I've grown. But anyway, uh, I love those guys, and they really uh, we produce. To give you an idea, any musicians out there, we produce this as a band. You know what I mean? In other words, we all three had our input on the way the arrangements were, and and you know. That to me is a high compliment because I will go back to to Robert as talented and versatile as he is for him to actually listen to me and not put the drum machine on. My God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the drum machine that doesn't hit on your girlfriend. Um, yeah, he's a wonderful guy to talk to, very personable. And he had some uh, stories about what it was like working with Emerson and Palmer fascinating fascinating uh yeah you guys oh, yeah you've all played with really top-notch musicians that's so cool you must pinch yourself every now and then but i don't know you're probably just used to it and unless you're talking to somebody like me it's just no, an, no, no, just no, another no. day to you you know I, I just think it's the coolest thing ever you know here's my stories I, I quit and went into corporate america and then i came back and when i was about 60 and said you know what that sucked it was as fraudulent as anything I've seen, as bad of things as they say about musicians, especially rock musicians. The most honest people I ever worked with. Yeah, you can have the Fortune 500 guys. I don't trust them. I'd rather play in a rock band right. any day. Yeah. So there. Well, uh, you know, there's. I, I'll be the devil's advocate here. There's, you know, there's bad seeds in every bat. Oh you yeah. Know? I, I I've met some musicians in my life that were really problematic and egotistical or whatever, but majority of people, I mean, it's a brotherhood for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, definitely a sister brotherhood with people that play. There's a guy, a drummer named Bill Ward who, who plays with, uh, God, I'm, I'm blanking right now. She's a, a really sexy, she had that song. I mean, uh, she played with the Grateful Dead sometimes. She had that song, If God Was One of Us. What's her name? Come on, you know it. Alanis Morissette. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Anyway, this drummer played with a lot of people, and he did a, he did an interview, or he did a like a, moder like a modern drummer presentation, and one of the things he said about musicians, he said, musicians are, you know, I call people that aren't, musicians civilians <laughs> i thought that was kind of cool <laughs> in other words it's like like the marine corps right you know semper fi you know, yeah, yeah. To, to, you know for life so i 
I'll tell you something, Bruce. Now you're you're pretty close to my age, and I will say to this day, you talk about pinching yourself. I to this day, I'm looking at a drum set right now, and I'm talking to you, beautiful DW kit in my office. I still pinch myself to go. You saw Beatles on Ed Sullivan. You weren't playing an instrument. Something clicked, and a few years later, you were playing in a band. I still don't quite believe it. And I've been on the road. I've been to every state in the United States like 30 times. You know, I've made records. I feel so blessed. And it's true what they say. It's luck, talent, and the right, the right time, the right place, all that kind of stuff. You know, but I'm still like a kid. I can look at a snare drum and want to sleep with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, you I swear your- to God practice your ass off and play thousands of hours and then when that spark of luck hits you're ready i think and, <clears throat> and if you're not you might not yeah. get it again so yeah you, you did it all oh, right yeah. yeah back to the songs um oh yeah there uh here are the songs that i featured on uh gary's episode fire and grace and time well one reason i like talking about it's funny you picked that because the, first of all time I would say I like a lot of the material, a lot of it, but yeah. time, for some reason, resonated with me. The lyric, the vibe of the song. It's probably my favorite song on the record, even though there's more rockin' tunes. Mm. I, I think I love time. And time is one of the first songs. I mean, this album took about 10 years to make because we were all in different bands doing different stuff. And Robert would send me... a a demo of a song with the drum machine or him playing or whatever. And then we'd get together in a studio and I'd lay down a drum track and time was, I think it was one of the first songs I recorded for this record. I want to say it was in 2010. My God. Uh, I knew I wrote good life. I brought good life, uh, living a good life to Robert in 2010 ish. And then he, he co-wrote it with me. We wrote that song together, which is really a pleasure uh fire and grace which at the time i didn't know what it was going to be called but gary may have said this but gary had the the riff and we went in the studio together while robert was engineering it you know just the two of us and robert was recording us because that's how we do this and we really no exaggeration we did it in one take it was just like a jam and during the song there's breaks in it, like dan, 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 but they're all different. They're all a little different. And I was having eye contact with Gary and making making shit up on the spot. We're literally just having fun messing with him. Some of the stuff he caught, some of it he screwed up. And then after we cut it, one take, he went back and fixed the things that to match him with me. You know, I, you know, he overdubbed it. Mm-hmm. But really, that song from the beginning, except for the arpeggio guitar on the intro, the music of that song was done in one take with two guys in the studio at, we were, it was totally on the fly. How do you say, uh, not spontaneous, but, uh, It'll work. Oh, I can't even think of it. Yeah. Go ahead. He described it just the way you did. Oh, that, that rat. He, so he beat me to the punch. <laughs> well, then, you know, then it's kind of like two, when detectives separate the two defendants. Exactly. We're, we know our stories are matching, you know. Yeah. So 
I'm glad because I prepped Gary for that. So whatever you do, tell him we did it one day. Well, that's what my show is all about. I like to do this uh, really in-depth interview so I can embarrass people and get into dirty laundry and ask if you ever cheated on Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I can dig it. Well, the thing is, is now (laughs) they wrote the lyrics for that after the fact. I don't know how much of the lyrics are written. So we literally recorded that song. I'm going to say I'm, I'm shooting from the hip. I'm saying eight years ago seven years ago and then while we got together this last year in december or whatever it was right right before the in 2019 we finished the record we actually recorded two or three or four new songs we had like 20 songs to pick from because it's been 10 years right we finished fire and grace like the song was actually it's weird that actually the music was done and they actually completed the lyric on it like six months ago, you know, like in December. So it, it was kind of, I was blown away that we were listening to playbacks to stuff that had been done almost 10 years prior. Yeah. And it was relevant and felt like what we just did a week ago.
that 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 song is that song to me is really a good rock tune. It's not ain't a whole lot of like you know like Robert's really more progressive than than yeah. me or Gary. Gary can play anything, but Robert, come on, he played with Keith Emerson. Mm. I'm more meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? I have chops, but I'm not like a flash drummer. Uh, and uh, uh, to you, I I, I, I disagree. I, yeah, uh, I would say I, I, you fit right in with the prog type deal. I think totally. Well. Robert stretched me out. I've never been, you know, the most progressive stuff I did with Sammy was like stuff like three lock box where there's like a bar of three or it's in five, five, eight. Uh-huh. Like there's some stuff that if you write it out, it's odd time, but we just felt it. But with Robert, I'm, I mean, there's sometimes I'm playing in seven or five and it feels good. A lot of times I just play four over five or four over seven and, and, and it works, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of neat, but I appreciate what you're saying because uh, that's that's an area that's a little foreign to me. I mean, like I, I like Rush and stuff like that, but that isn't like my how can I say that's not my territory, you know. You mentioned but, uh, uh, "Sunshine of Your Love" when you were just learning. That was kind of a, a different uh, beat, actually. It could be played in four, but it doesn't sound like it's in four. Well, I don't want to bore listeners, but yeah, the the drums are halftime. Like the dent, like during the verse, he's playing halftime with the snare on one and three instead of two and four. Bap boom 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 bap boom boom boom, and then when it goes to the chords, boom bap boom boom bap. You know, it's like backwards. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That was that's a really cool song, and I'll tell you a little tidbit. I'm jumping around. The T kicked in, but Sam and I, when we were <laughs> we, when we after we were in mobile home, that fell apart. It, it, you know, I was too young to play in bars. Then when I, I got my brother's fake ID, my older brother had a learner, or what do you call, uh, what do you call, a temporary license, so it didn't have a picture on it. Yeah. So anyway, Sam and I were in this band called The Big Bang. Uh, he was on to Outer Space shit back then. <laughs> but we played at a battle of the bands. This is like a couple years after we met before we were the Justice Brothers, we played at a battle of the bands, and we played Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah. and we won the fucking battle of the bands with that song. <laughs> That's pretty progressive, though, yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, did, we were a trio, and we played Manic Depression, and what we got for doing it, they gave us a Fox White Teardrop guitar. Oh. That was our, that's, and a trophy, you know. So we took that trophy, and we took that guitar down to Lear's music, and we traded it in for some PA speakers. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that guitar is like a, a Rolling Stones had one, I think. Exactly, yeah. Brian Jones. Yep, you know, yep. see, I, uh, are people following this? Or are listening <laughs> as old as us? <laughs> Probably not. I'm torn. I'm, I'm going to pump my own uh, steam here, whatever that means. But, like, living a good life. I brought that to the band and Robert and I wrote it. He really came to want to bat and came up with a great bridge and we did the lyrics together. He really helped me with that. I mean, that's really a, a collaboration. I'm so proud of that. Uh, and then Fire and Grace was a group effort, which is always kind of cool to have a, a, a song that the whole band kind of composed. And then, I mean, we all have input, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But now there's a song called The Real Thing and I'm going to put this on here because I want to give out some love to my fiance. If, if, if I can get cheesy or whatever, you can just get, I met this woman 
I met this woman four years ago. We had our first, today is our first anniversary of our first date today, mm -hmm. the 20th of June. I don't know when you broadcast this, but that's, that's it. That's it. So the story of it is this. I was my first marriage. I was young. We're still friends. We had a beautiful daughter together. We divorced all good. My second marriage went on for a while. It was good. We were best friends, soulmates. She passed away. Mm. I didn't think I'd ever meet another person. This is like four years ago. I'm no spring chicken like you. Mm. And uh, anyway, I met Julie at a high school reunion just by fluke, like one of those last minute things. And it's freaky. I don't know if you, uh, there's always movies like this, like they go back in time. Had you not walked down the street and turn a corner and picked up that stone or whatever, yeah, you know, it just blows my mind how life, the twists and turns. Anyway, so the real thing was inspired by me meeting this woman and, and like just saying, damn, she's the real thing. It's like on all levels. I won't get too graphic, but, you know. <laughs> well, she just got in the shower, didn't she? <laughs> she yeah, yeah, she rocks my world. So I wrote that complete, all the lyrics myself. You know, I've written songs before. This is, I've never really, I don't think I've ever written a song where, I wrote all the changes in the lyrics and the band just played it. Wow. So I'm really proud of that. And I'm so happy it made the record, but that's kind of my little story behind that because the woman I met is the real deal. And I'm, what can I say? I'm crazy about her.
that's for the women folk out there you know okay i've got this theory uh, and i'll definitely feature the song now i, I have to because she'll slap you around or something no she wouldn't but anyway <laughs> I, you, the most important thing I think you really have in your life when you're coming down the home stretch or you have a week to live and, and you think about all the things, it's not all the material stuff at all. It's the relationships that you have, I think. Amen, brother. Amen. This is it, you know. Uh, I never, I, I feel blessed. I mean, like I, I'm blessed as a musician. Uh, you know, I still pinch myself, you know. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I don't know how much I can talk about this, but, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about Sammy and me and Gary, you know, Robert and I and, and Sammy actually played together in Mexico at one of the, the, uh, Louis Trace Cusano's incarnations, which is me, Michael Anthony and Sammy. When Sammy was still in Van Halen, mm -hmm. we'd go down to Cabo San Lucas in the off time. And we, that was a jam band. Well, it turned into the birthday bash. I don't know if you're hip to that or not. Tell me what that is. I might know. Not, okay. Sam's birthday is October 13th. Yeah. And he owns the Cabo Wabo right, right. Uh, Club. It was a Van Halen club. They they kind of like went, eh, we, after a while, the sheen wore off. And so Sam bought them out. So now it's like a destination. Cabo San Lucas, when Sammy and Van Halen started that club back in 1991 or whatever, not a lot of people were hip to Cabo. You know, it was like a, just like a, like the main thing that people knew about Cabo was that in October, they'd have like those Marlin fishing tournaments. It's like on the Cape. So it's really famous for like sports fishing. However, when I first went back there, down there in the early nineties, there was like two hotels. Now it's like Las Vegas. There's like 40 hotels. All the beaches are built up. There's, they got McDonald's and Sam's club and Costco. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like so Americanized, which is cool in some ways, but whatever. <laughs> but it's now, it's a, now it's like a, a what, it's like an Easter break stop, you know? So the point is, is that, uh, in the old days, not very many people knew about it. And so it was like a place where musicians could go and just chill and jam and get away with what they want to get away with, you know? So Sam decided that every October he would like have, I think the first one was 1993 or four, I forget. So we'd have the birthday bash, which we'd play odd nights, like nine, 11, 13. And then we'd recoup the days off. If you know. <laughs> so, that's happened again this year. Sam will be seventy-two. No way. And I'm, I'm, and and we're doing, and it's going to be a Wobbles reunion. So me, Mona, Vic, and Sam are playing that. Not that I want to pump that right now. Talk about Alliance, but I, I thought I'd mention that because it's kind of a big deal. He's been doing like uh, his circle band, called the Circle, with Mikey and Jason Bonham. So uh, I don't know. Maybe Gary and Robert will come down and jam with us. You never know. That'd be the coolest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you talked. And, and they have. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you, you you covered all the stuff that you did. I can chop this all up and make it really good. So, and uh, Good God. Thank God, because I'm all over the map. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're not. I have too. Well, I'm drinking coffee here. So, uh, yeah. I'm a tea guy. I've had coffee in my life, but for some reason I can drink tea and not get too jacked. Enjoyed your time. We're almost 45 minutes here, but I'll chop it into... Well, uh, hey, you, you, you're in control, Mr. Hilliard. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you want to pull the plug, let me know. I'll, I'll 
long jaw your ass, you know. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you found a woman at your age because I haven't I haven't been with a woman in three years. Probably. I'm a monk. I might as well be a virgin. Well, yeah. It's weird, brother. It, it, I mean, I here's the thing. I grew up in San Bernardino. Well, I grew up back east, moved to San Bernardino with my parents when I was like 12. And then I left for the Bay Area when I, you know, was Sammy and everything and was up in the Bay Area in San Francisco for, for my whole life, my adult life. And then I moved back down here when my wife died. Uh, to, we had a place in Palm Desert, which is about an hour away from San Bernardino. And I got this email about, hey, there's going to be a reunion. Now, I didn't know my fiance. She's a little, a little bit younger than me, four or five years, four years or whatever. But you know how it is. It's like as you get older with reunions, they invite all the schools. So all the schools in the area. Otherwise, if you just had one high school mm -hmm. reunion with people in their 60s, yeah, be eight, but three people show yeah, up. I know. You know. In a wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I, you know, I she was there. I didn't know her, but she knew some of the people I knew, and we met. And you know, she, she actually introduced herself to me. The story is, is that she looked at me and went, "Hey, this guy's kind of cute. I'm gonna like not be afraid, and I'm gonna go up to him." She goes, "Hey, I heard you went to Harrowview Junior High School." I'm like, I looked at her. This is no bullshit. You may want to say this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I looked at her because I'm looking at her, going, "Okay, she doesn't look." She, she's well preserved, you know, in other words, she doesn't look her age. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, I want to go, no, you can't have gone, you didn't graduate when I did. She goes, well, I, I, I graduated in 72 or whatever. I go, okay. But before she told me that, I looked at her, and this is what came out of my mouth. I said, have you had work done? Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she cracked up. So the fact that she laughed and went, no. But I said, I said oh, my God, I'm sorry, I have Tourette's. I go, you know, I, I said, that's a compliment. I mean that as a compliment. I go, but you do not look like you graduated with my ass, you know. So I'm not, that is a true story, brother. I swear to God, you know. Well, you anyway, know, I'll leave you with that, you yeah. know. So, like, you know what? Don't give up. If if you put your heart and soul out there. I went on that, what do you call it, the match.com and all that crap. It was depressing. I had to get off of it. I can't do as that. As soon as I get yeah. off of it. I can't bring myself to doing that for some reason. I don't know. I did it, dude. I did it for like two. That was my dude for you, my one dude. Okay, dude. I did it for like two weeks, and I looked at these women, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? It actually depressed me. Yeah. And I pulled the plug. I went, I'm, I, I took my thing off there. Because you you're not, you're trying, you're afraid to be yourself. You're trying to find that good picture. And you, and they ask you all these stupid, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, looking back on it, I should have said, "Look, I don't give a shit what people think. Here's what, here's who I am. If anybody out there thinks I'm cool in any way, give me a call." Yeah, I I didn't have the courage at that time. You know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, here's here's my criteria for a woman. If she laughs at my jokes, she's in. That's all I need right there. Oh, <laughs> so that's funny but, you say that because my woman, her whole thing was the first thing was like, you make me laugh. Yeah. You have a sense of humor. That, she was like, we laugh a lot. She, and she puts up with my crazy ass. You know? We'll start now with that. Did you have work done? <laughs> oh, dude. I've heard and of pickup lines. That's not one of them. Oh, it's classic, man. You know, I, I, anyway, yeah. enough about that. Okay. So 
pleasure speaking with you. And uh, I really think uh, I really am proud of this record. There's a lot of good material on it, and I, I'm I'm happy with the way we played. And uh, you know, frankly, I feel honored to be playing with these guys. So I'll give them that much. They yeah. they kind of punked out on me with their smart ass remarks, but. <laughs> I, I made do that feel up. Honored, I entirely you know? fabricated all of that. They love you. You guys are great. Oh, I know. I know. I, I know. They give me so much leeway. I feel like I'm. The, I feel like, but you know, they, I'm like, really, you want to hear what I have to say? Okay, shut up and listen. Well, you're a drummer and all that yeah. crap. So yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> Thanks for your time, David. Uh, you too. I, I, maybe one of these days we'll bump into each other. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Take care, brother. Just trying to make the next day a bit better.